0: Let's get uh, started then. We're just talking about okay. Dan Duran on his way to uh, Mazatlan, where all the trouble happened. Troubles?
1: There's trouble. Trouble in River I didn't City. I not know anything about that when I was talking to Tom. Oh yeah. Well, it's happening. <sighs> my brothers invited me down. Mazatlan. My, my sister. We haven't seen each other for a little while, so. Would you recognize your America. sister if you saw her? Yes, I would. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I recognize all their kids anymore, but, yeah. Freddie P's uh, inside now. He's not doing the beach.
0: No more beach near Cabaretta.
1: Well, he doesn't want to be fumigated.
0: Who does? Is he going to say anything today or just going to stare into
2: the the atmosphere? (laughs) I'm waiting for you guys to stop. I was was introducing you. as Freddie P from the bedroom. No, I know. And then Dan said something, and I didn't want to speak over him because, well... As we discussed before, but everything seems to be fine. Um, Yes, uh, I've moved inside. I can leave the equipment set up. The novelty of seeing the ocean over my shoulder, I think, is, uh, you know, it's very brief. Uh, The novelty and the joy and the thrill Uh, So, uh, from a convenience standpoint, uh, this is it, fellies. This is it. No, I like it, man. Uh, Is that uh, that an air
0: duct over your left shoulder? Is that where the air uh, comes in? It may be. That's where I stash all the cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That's where, yeah. So, if you're in uh, the Cabaretta area, do not look in the air duct in uh, the Fredman's workbench room. (laughs) Uh-huh. That's really funny. And,
2: and and some paraphernalia and stuff. It's quite that
0: where kinda... you? Yeah, that's where you put your cocaine and your uh, crack pipes. Yeah, it's quite a space in there. <laughs> Cocaines and crack pipes and mm-hmm. ganja
2: and condoms. I spend most of my day, you know, making sure Delise doesn't go in there to get her, you know, hourly fix. It's not. Uh...
0: You're like, come on, doll. We just it'll it come <laughs> very tedious. We just did a bump an hour ago. Come on, let it go. Um, all right, in a, trying to keep with our policy is starting the show uh, so that our sponsors get mentioned right at the beginning, let's do that. This then,
1: episode of Humble and Fred. But it, now let's just go. Let's go is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in West Toronto and from our premium sunny Dominican Republic studio and is brought to you by Bodog the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures evnet.ca and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy you can find your domain, easily create your website and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, here are two men who are wondering where to spend all the money they're saving on windshield washer fluid by traveling south. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Doran. Thank
0: you, Dan. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. They're our guests today as they've uh, celebrated their one year of doing that show. I think they're up to episode 54 or 55. And I got to tell you, I admire that on so many levels. You know, two of our dearest friends. But the fact that they've been able to keep it going... You know, a lot of people try this podcasting thing. They get to episode 3, 4, I don't know, 10, and they think, oh, well,
2: that was cute. This is too, <laughs> this is too hard. Yeah, many of those stories, Howard. And um, right off the top, happy birthday to you. Thank you. January 24th, you know. Don't they come around quickly, humble Howard? Don't they come around quickly? They do.
0: They do. And uh, my dear, dear friend. You know, godfather of uh, one of my children. I can't remember which one. The, he's, you know what? Well, let's just be honest. Is there a sweeter man? No, you can't find one. Is there a dearer heart? No, you can't find one. Is there a more awkward human being? No, you can't find one. Because what Fred just said was, hey, happy birthday, Howard. Very simple. Three words. Dan came downstairs. And he stood there for a second. And he looked at me and he said, is this the day that I'm supposed to wish you? Happy birthday. <laughs> I just, and I stared. I stared back at Dan for a full 30 seconds because I just wasn't sure what to respond with that.
1: But I do well, appreciate others, it. <laughs> others may just say, well, yes, it is, Dan. And then I, and there would be a conversation about the birthday. Yes. Well, anyway, I found the whole
2: thing so hilariously awkward, but I do appreciate the sentiment. All right. No, it stands creativity, constantly bubbling over. No, I know.
0: It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, position
2: I, things in such
0: a way. Mm-hmm. I had written this down. I told Fred in advance, Dan, that, well, there's a couple things. I want to get back to Mexico and Mazatlan and trouble in Mexico in a second. But, you know, uh, 63, I don't know that that's a significant number. Like, it's not one of the special birthdays. And I had written down to ask both of you. And I said, Dan? There's no right or wrong answer, so you know we're not adjudicating. There's no judgment, but what for you guys was a significant birthday that you can remember?
2: Um, okay, from what aspect? Something that happened, or, or no? Just uh, like, like a birthday.
0: A, well, like you know, I remember you know turning 30 seemed odd. Turning oh, from that perspective, yeah, 50 yes. was weird for me. 60 had a bit of something associated with it. I, 63 is like one of those birthdays, like when you're 33 is not anything like turning 30, right? 63 is not much different than 62. So for you guys, what was maybe your most significant or one that gave you the most pause? Uh, Do you want me to go first? Well, I know Dan's waiting to see what uh,
2: what others are (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) say
0: to see what comes up.
2: Mine was a ramp up. Okay, 40, it sort of hit me like, okay, now I'm definitely not a kid anymore. 40, right? 50 didn't bother me that much. 60, the sixth number was weird. But the king of the castle was 65 for me. Was it really? Without a doubt. Well, you grow up, 65 is such a significant number and what it means. Senior citizen, you know, uh, pensions. Uh, you qualify for this, you qualify for that. Impending you know, death. Well, this is it. And honestly, in 65, do I want to say bothered me? Maybe a bit. Um, but it really made me sit back and think, wow, where did the time go? And now I am an official, bona fide senior citizen. It's hard to uh, it's hard to get your head around that. You'll see. Dan will see in a couple of months. And, uh, mm-hmm. Howard, you'll see in a couple of years. Uh, that's what I went through. That's my answer. Dan Duran, what... Uh
0: and
1: could well, be, by the way, could be,
0: I was going to say it could be significant, like it was great, like, you know, turning 25 sure. or whatever. It could be something like that,
1: Dan. Right. Well, you know, 40 was uh, kind of fun. It, it was like yeah, there was a uh, Jackie who surprised me with a birthday at, at that time. But 50 was the one for me that took that was the pause so far. I know I know bumping up against uh, 65 is definitely on my mind right now. And I'm sure that will be more significant. But 50 really felt, oh, my God, I'm 50. That was that was hard for me as far as, you know, thinking it through. 60, because I was already in the, okay, I'm an older guy now. So 60, yeah, whatever. But 50 was a big, bit big, big bigger for me.
0: I would say 60 for me was way easier than 50.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I'd say.
0: Yeah, 50 was the toughest one for me. I do remember turning 30 And not that it was any, you know, significance, but I thought, okay, well, I'm definitely on the way to being a semi-adult now, but I had my first kid four years after I turned 30 and 34, the, I turned 35 a few months after Charlie was born. And for some reason, I remember that birthday kind of hit me because now I had a kid. Now I had to sort of, you know, stop doing, you know, all the heroin and the (laughs) the
2: cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) yeah it's uh let let me test my memory here dan your 40th birthday was that at the nose was that
1: where we all went for dinner at the nose or was there was some other thing Uh, i was i can't remember the name of the uh it was at a lower level of a kind of an oriental looking place it was a Big bar and my oh, parents' right. Came in. My parents' Now came I remember there. that one, yes.
2: Yeah, I, don't I recall I that. Howard, you must my have been there. I, as might, well. I didn't
0: get the invite. Yes, you should do okay, <laughs> I didn't get invited. You know? No way. Did your, uh, no, your ex wife at that point say to you, Dan, is this the day we're supposed to wish you a happy birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't it interesting, and I'm going to use that word, that the in between years. That was my sort of my point about turning 63 is no different than turning 62 or, you right. know, 64 only will be cute because of the Beatles song, but the in-between years really don't have much significance,
2: and yet they're just another number. It's not that much different. No, I know. Well, it's just conditioning over the years what numbers mean, and, you know, that's... And I think, you know, it lends itself to what I said earlier. You know, your whole life, 65 keeps popping up. You know, it was when your dad, well, when my dad was supposed to retire. And I get, you know, that, yeah. that age, It's it's just so official. And you're there. And you know what I said? It's like once you hit 65, it's like you're in the final stage of your life. Basically, you are. Um, Dan, you, you
0: heard that noise too Hang on a second, I gotta turn this on Dan, did you hear that noise? We're all trying to Yeah, yeah, yeah I just turned the original sound on, I know Okay Okay. I don't know um, what that noise was I, I think, is, it somebody, is somebody fumigating in your condo this morning? Is that what's happening?
2: No, I had the patio door opened a bit And a big loud truck went by <laughs> anyway that's the uh, i appreciate uh, and everyone uh, humble and fred people have been
0: sending me birthday wishes i uh, got a nice note from stephanie wilkinson already this morning Colleen rush home so funny man Colleen rush home is really one of the funniest people I, I really do dig her she says me this moment because the joke with colleen and for me and me for quite some time is that i'm so old and uh you know I'm, i've gone downhill she says to me uh she sends me a note. Happy birthday. This is probably one of uh, Howard's daughters reading this because Howard couldn't possibly still be alive at this age. <laughs> and then she says, I loved your dad
2: so much.
3: <laughs>
2: always makes me laugh. Um, that is funny. That's very clever. You know, that's one thing um, I, I'll admit I miss about Facebook. Whenever your birthday comes around, uh, people that maybe know... Uh, wouldn't normally reach out for other things or whatever. Yeah. Always made a point, I guess, because the reminder comes up on their Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. It was nice. It was nice to scroll through and say, Oh, that person, that person, that person, Uh, that's something I miss about Facebook, but that's about it. But, well, and and I got to to your point, you know, people,
0: it comes up in their timeline and then some of them reach out privately. Andy Wilson, Mm -hmm. one of our uh, longtime producers and, good friend, started out as an intern in the Humble and Fred system, you know and came up through the junior ranks We, uh, I think we draft him, uh, definitely late round, no, no, early rounds he says, hey gooey old timer many happy returns, love you buddy another guy we used to work with that I really like a lot, Jim Lang sends a note happy birthday to this beauty, he put it up on his Instagram uh, timeline and I said, thanks Lang, you're the best, he says, not as good as you, legend so Langer checking in very nice what's, a, what's andy wilson doing these days do you know i do i think andy is producing the zoomer morning show if i'm not mistaken with uh jane right. brown oh sweet jane brown speaking of which they've made the announcements tucker and uh mora are moving to the edge mm-hmm. tucker a buddy of mine from london i've known this kid for quite some time i Started hanging out with them when uh, they were doing the morning show Tucker and Taz in London. And Maura Grierson is a, a woman I've worked with. Fantastic talent. Really sweet person as well. I don't know. I think they've made the announcement who is going to be hosting the Q107 morning show. But I don't
2: have that woman's name uh, with me. Do you? Really? Yeah, it's Greta Van Susteren, I think. No, no, it's Greta Thunberg. <laughs> That's right. They've got the two Greta's. It's Greta, Greta, and
0: uh, Ryan, and uh, Barbic, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Jim, what's his name? Garbick. Judge Judy. <laughs> That's right. They're going to go as they're going to get as lefty woman as possible. Greta Thurnberg is the new morning host on Q 107 let Let's go big. Let's go big. Let's no, get a name. No, they'll get a forget. A, uh, they're going to get a trans woman to host that show now. Don't you try any shit with uh, her, them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> but I don't know the name, and I'm sorry. I guess I, I saw it. Boone will probably know. And where does she come from? Well, if I don't know the name, chances are <laughs> I probably won't know where no, they said, came from. You said you had heard of a name. I thought maybe you didn't remember no, the name. No, I didn't. I, I, I just saw a picture oh. Oh, okay. uh, I saw a, a shot of uh, Tucker I knew, that, I knew that Tucker and Mora Were going to the Edge Morning Show Apparently that had been in the works for a bit And uh,
2: good for them They're just good They're really good kids I thought you, maybe you would have said Oh she's coming I'm not sure of her name But I, I hear she's coming from Calgary Or from Vancouver or something That's all
0: Okay All right Well I, I don't know that information And uh, you know I'm sorry <laughs> All right
2: <laughs> anyway yeah well all the best of luck to them all yep good uh you know good luck uh, to you all all young broadcasters still trying to make their way in, uh you know an industry that's uh is changed and struggling so good to you know good for them uh shauna from the edge is moving to q107
0: which is oh, great thank Shana. you to uh, barry kroll but i don't know who shauna is but i wish them as you do The very best of luck Okay um, Dan uh, Back to your uh, Your trip to Mazatland Mi amiga Mi amigo Mi hermano My brother Um, I found this interesting I was telling Fred before the show So Mazatland Dan There was a bit of trouble As Fred explained There was a bit of trouble In San Miguel When I was there in November The cartel was upset about something and they were, this is about an hour and a half from uh, San Miguel. They were stopping cars on the side of the road, letting people out of their cars, and then just setting the cars on fire. Oh. But I thought it was decent of them to let them <laughs> out of the
2: car first. You know, what's interesting uh, about that, too, is um, it all started because El Chapo's son or something was arrested. When that name's thrown around, you know, this is serious shit, right? Oh, yeah. Because you read these stories from time to time about stuff that happens in places, you know, Mexico in particular. Yeah. When you read, like, El Chapo, when that name jumps out of the page, it's like, oh, I ain't going there. I ain't going near there. (laughs) That's right. These guys mean business. Because I was reading, they are some of the, that cartel is some of the most ruthless ever. Like, they have no, they have no conscience when it comes to uh, making a statement. And by the way, for the record,
0: cartel, that's Fred Patterson talking about you. I don't even want to speak about the cartel because I'm going to be there for two months. I don't want them going, hey, Howie, funny man. Um, yeah, they're pretty bad. But uh, you know what? <laughs> there is as our as our president said, there are good
2: people on both sides. <laughs> there are good people on both sides. What another um interesting spin things are very interesting this yeah point. there's a couple um, of
0: interesting spins
2: <laughs> is that that makes news people are nervous about mexico and yet you can't even go to a lunar new year party in california without being massacred you know what i mean no i absolutely listen more so, people and, more yeah, people excuse so you me you get these american yeah that you get these say- american yeah
0: go ahead I was just going to say quickly, more people died in Chicago this past weekend than died in all of that cartel trouble in Mexico in a month.
2: Yeah. Please continue. And, you know, all those poor people at Monterey Beach or whatever it was, it's, you know, they go to a Lunar New Year party and 10 dead, 10 seriously uh, wounded. And, um, we just, and I, I heard last night it was the 38th mass shooting since the beginning of the year. And yeah. what is it? It's January 24th. Yeah. So, so 38 mass shootings in 24 days, and we're just starting the 24th day. No, <laughs> and people are going, no, I don't know if I want to go to Mexico. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to go here or there. And it's you can get caught and crossfire in the United States so easy. Well, you definitely <laughs> you think about it. By the way, and this is
0: getting to the point of my story here. Mm. I don't mind getting there in a roundabout way because there are and you and I discussed this the other day. I can't remember if we were recording at the time, but there are travel advisories right now to Mexico, Jamaica. And at one time, I'm not sure of this, but at one time, Dan, there were travel advisories to the United States. Oh, well,
1: I'm kind of more afraid of the States right now.
0: Me, too. So here's the point of this story. So I know somebody who I've met recently who is, uh, you know, pretty solid in the anti in, in the anti-vax world, like full on, didn't get vaccinated, had to shut down their business because they didn't want to comply and didn't want to do what the rest of us did. And that's fine, but it definitely affected their business. And I got a text last night, Dan, while we were watching that documentary. Yeah. And, uh, the text said, hi, Humble. Just checking in. Are you still heading to Mexico? I said, yeah, I'm leaving on Saturday. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were still going with all the travel advisories. Now, let's just break that down. So this person was worried that I was going to Mexico where a couple of people were killed. One in uh, Puerto Aventuras, a few people in Mazat land, But they weren't willing to get vaccinated or wear a mask during a pandemic when millions of people were killed or died in this planet. And what's a, what I found interesting about it, because I never, I never responded with any, any of this, but I started thinking about it overnight, thinking, isn't that interesting? That that person believes what they're... Let's just again think about this. They believe everything they heard about the Mexican cartel troubles. Again, good people on both sides. So they were willing to believe the government on that and accept that as fact, but when it, come, when it came to the science of this uh, pandemic, literally wrecked their business for two years because they thought they knew more than somebody that went to school. Thoughts, concerns, comments, gentlemen. I think
1: that's well, you know, interesting. My,
2: you know, my uh, reaction is just, I just find it exhausting. I really find it exhausting at this point. That and the whole global warming thing. Yesterday, I was laying down by the... The pool and I was listening to different stuff on Sirius and everything, and I hit upon this guy David Webb or something, and it was a half hour of laughing at climate change. And I'm thinking, what's it, What's in that for you? No, I like, don't. like I don't get it. Like, there's eight billion people on the earth now. It only stands to reason that the world could get damaged. Anyway, you got to shut it off because it's so ridiculous. Because they're on that campaign. It's the same thing with the vaccination. These people are on a campaign, and they're drowning in bullshit. So they just keep coming up with stuff to enhance their argument. And it's, it's just sad. But think
0: about and exhausting. Think about that, Dan. Yeah, I, I, by the way, I love that phrase. Exhaust. It is exhausting. But I found this so amusing. And, and again, we were, I was, Dan and I were watching the show last night, which was cool. And so I really didn't think about it, digest it until later. And... Uh, I just find it interesting you know i'm rereading the text while well, you're still going to mexico with all those travel advisories so let me get this straight you believe travel advisories i'm an anti-advisory mm-hmm. yeah. i'm anti-advisory i don't believe advisories <laughs> they're not they're, the government is making those up to keep me you know why because they want yeah. they don't want me to go to mexico because they want other people to go to mexico that they're our friends
3: <laughs> they,
2: they don't want no. me to go there so i don't use uh, all they space up by the pool yeah you know that yeah that's such a good point it's true just so is that hypocritical is that just uh, no it's exhausting what is that it's what you
0: said it's exhausting you know i've started wearing uh masks again in public spaces i just have part of it is for you know self-preservation at this point in terms of i'm going away and i don't want to get sick in the next
2: three or four days um and you know Those travel advisories, it's a lot of them are a little over the top just for safety reasons. It's like, just so you know, you know, they don't they don't put the numbers there like, uh, you know, your chances of uh, being a victim in Mexico are like one in a million. It's just they throw up those advisories to tell you about stuff that has happened recently Um And as you said, even the United States has had them. Mexico has them. Jamaica has them. I'm sure the Dominican. I looked before and I came here and you get here and it's just a bunch of pleasant people walking up and down the beach and sitting in restaurants and having a nice meal. But hey, yeah, I could walk down the street tonight, turn right and get mugged or Mm -hmm. turn left and be fine. Yeah.
0: Where Dan's going in in
2: Mazatlan. Again, I've never been there. I've heard it's fantastic.
0: mm -hmm. Like it's a country. I'm, just, I'm going to pull this number. I think it's a country of 100 million people. I know Mexico City has 35 million. So let's just say it's 100 million. So, Dan, there were a few people in the Mazatlan area, mostly you know, other cartel members, a few citizens. but But this person that was texting me last night would be more worried about a statistical anomaly of, like you were saying, forget one in a million. It's it's a few in a hundred million. But right. yet yet a million people in the U.S. Excuse me, a million people in the U.S. died. Yeah. But, di- but didn't believe
2: that travel advisory. Anyway, Dan, and you're going to... You've talked to this woman or this person. Yes. Um, yes, I have. No, I know. I, I'm just, so are they still, this person is still staunch on the... Oh, yeah. it's not been vaccinated. And did you ask her the question, do you know anyone who's died from the vaccine? Do you know anyone that's been injured from the vaccine? Do you know anyone that's died from COVID? Did you, did you ask those questions? Freddie, I did not. Mm.
0: Because the circumstances were, uh, were not available to me. To ask those questions. Because was, it also exhausting. I, and I was, you know, I found her very juicy.
2: <laughs> oh, right. And, uh, I think <laughs> I told I think you. Yeah. I don't want to grill her. I want to nail her.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, I think I told you guys when I first met this person. I said yeah. to myself, "Can I uh, can I have sex with an anti vaxxer Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I can, you know, all of a sudden, like I'm all this, like uh, blah blah. And then all of a sudden, wait a second, my dinky wants to, have, my dinky wants to go to its home. So there, so I'll I'm, uh, so, I'm for a while. so
2: so I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, my dinky. Yeah, and that old bastard, 63 today. Oh yeah, oh, he's been through a lot. He's oh, been through God. a lot. The abuse that thing has taken. I was doing this a while.
0: I'm going to embarrass you too, but I was doing this joke for a while uh, a few years ago. at yuck, Hux, I said one night on stage, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, um, I just realized I'm about to celebrate 50 years of jerking off. <laughs> I said, you know, like, that's a, that's a half century. I said, I should get at least a note from the prime minister, Mr. Glassman. Uh, here's a, in recognition of your years of service to yourself.
1: One <laughs> yeah. of well, yeah. those Wouldn't anniversary a... pins. You're no, ex- no. You yeah. could, if yeah. you, you, know,
0: we, I, we did this for my father when he turned eighty. We, you can write to the government, and they will send you uh, a, do- yeah. a document mm-hmm. celebrating that significant event. Look, Charlie and Spencer. Look what
4: Dad <laughs> got from the Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> so proud. So proud. Anyway, Dan. All by way of saying,
1: you'll be fine. Don't you worry. All right. Now I'll I'll put it to bed then. I didn't yeah. had no idea about the cartel stuff mm. going on there. I did not hear that. So, well, <laughs> Just they unheared. wouldn't
2: have that on the CBC. I don't I don't <laughs> like what? why. Yeah, it is, is Uh you think that story would make the CBC, but then again, CBC maybe thought, we won't use this story because we might offend Mexicans, so let's not do this. Oh, yeah. No.
1: I'm sure it was there. I remember hearing something about the whole... Let's go back to the Doug Ford file. Yeah, let's go back to the the, the Doug Ford file.
0: Dan, was this this not news on that Mm -hmm. PBS podcast you listen to every morning, the Socialist Report?
1: I... uh... (laughs) I'm sure it was, but I, I fast-forward stuff that doesn't interest me. And at the time, I, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago, I didn't even think about uh, Mazatlán until my brother came to me with this on the weekend. So. Well, that's funny, because before I came to the
2: Dominican, you made a point of telling me that my chances of being hit by a car were greatly increased here in the Dominican. <laughs> yes,
5: Remember I Remember, you did. told me that,
2: and I'm, I, I'm oh thinking, yeah. well, wow. And it's funny, because the road right behind here, all the guys on their scooters... You know these little motor bikes and everything—they're crazy—and you really have to have your wits about you. Because I'm the other day, there's a guy coming at me, and there's three people on the bike, and he turns around to talk to them, and he starts sort of fading over my way, and it—it it, it was very, very unsettling. And I'm—and I thought of you, Dan. I thought, yeah. You guys are going to find out I'm dead. I get hit by a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: so how we're the did. advisory then. That's um, part of it. Yes. One last thing about age, and I, I hope I get this right, but I saw this the other day, and I thought of the three of us. If you were over 40 years old, the population of planet Earth has doubled in our lifetime. Really? Yeah. Think about that, boys. That uh, when all three of us were born... You know, around the same time, era, planet Earth had a population of 4 billion people. So, in the time that we've been here, it's doubled up. And I just wonder, like, do you know, Dan, if the, what, what, by the time we're done in 15 or 20 years, like, what are they expecting the Earth's population to do in the next 20 years?
1: I don't know. I think it's going to level off a little bit, but because of a lot of those people dying. But I don't, or it can be I, like I compound. Yeah. It can be
2: like compound interest. Well, I made that point a few weeks ago. Remember when they announced we had hit eight billion? It's like, how do you not think that doubling the population in the modern era is not going to have some effect on the environment? Mm-hmm. Like, oh we, yeah, like. And listen, believe me. There's there. Yeah, are there people over the top with you know global warming and climate change and all that stuff? Yeah, maybe a. Bordering on hysteria, but on the other side, it's these people that, for whatever reason, they think it's good business or good content to discount it when it's just so silly. It's just like so much of what we do in our lives is consume things, and we're slowly consuming the earth and its atmosphere. Like, figure it out now. I, I,
0: Back to, what you, back to what you said earlier when you're talking about, because I've made that point, too, about what's in it for people. You know, I've, I've made this point a, a while back, and I thought it was an interesting one similar to what you said, which is, okay, if you're a climate change denier, you don't think global warming is real. Okay, that's an opinion. The thing is, what if you're wrong? So just in case you're wrong, why don't we right. do something? Because yeah. if, if we're wrong, then no harm, no foul. Oh, so climate change hysteria—it yeah. wasn't real, but you know what? We took some steps, and a few more tuna are are, are
2: alive. Yeah, but if they're yeah. wrong, then we're fucked. What's what's wrong with having an eye to conservation and cleanliness? You know, and in at, at no matter what level, it's only good. <laughs>
0: you see, Dan, we, we can we yeah. can do some CBC stuff.
1: <laughs> right. I looked it up, by the way. I think that we're supposed to reach 8.5 billion in 2030, uh, 9.7 in 2050. No, we've been long gone by then. We will, yeah. but, you know, like the, the, we're doing the same trend. So it's sure. not increasing quite as much, but still, you know, in in 20, 2100. And that whole argument
2: about... You know, the whole argument about, oh, for centuries and years and billions of years, Mm -hmm. you know, the Earth's been okay. Yeah, but it didn't have this population and it didn't have this technology. Well, uh, no,
0: it is exhausting. And (laughs) and we certainly appreciate uh, everyone's opinion, but mostly we only care about our own. Dan Duran, unfortunately, no news today. But we have a, a special visit from Edmonton. Steve is going to pop in at the end of the show with some research he's done on the evils of nicotine. But uh, Dan will be back uh, for the beginning of tomorrow's program. Jeff and Julie standing by. Dan, thanks very much. Oh, Dan's gone. Dan, just can't, you know, can't wait. <laughs> he, just <laughs> he can't wait. To wait. <laughs> uh, let's. He, uh, what? He didn't want to answer one more question. No, to say, it's too much. More. You know, I know. He, I don't think he answered any questions, to be honest with you. Uh, let's. Uh, why don't you
2: do something, and then I'll do something. Yes, the uh, the Chamber Plan, Canada's uh, number one group benefits uh, plan for small business in Canada. Small business being one. To 100 employees, but again, I don't like to fix a number there. If you have a small business, check it out go to ChamberPlan.ca today. All sorts of testimonials there, uh, the names of companies, the people in those companies that have bought into the Chamber Plan, what it's done for them, what it's done for their employees, how convenient it is, how cost-effective it is, how they've done a great job of keeping premiums down over the past few years, even during a COVID, because small business can't afford you know big surprises every year. It's just fantastic. Be it uh, you know, uh, prescriptions, uh, dental, uh, travel. Again, I'm enjoying the travel benefits right now. Of course, uh, they have uh, you know a mental health aspect now. Since COVID, a lot of people have suffered. Yes, they have, and they were all over that. And they even have a HR uh, component to this uh, plan now. It's the Chambers Plan, uh, ChamberPlan.ca.
0: Send me a
1: Drop me a line.
0: Unearthing value. That's what's happening at AaronVentures.com. They're, they're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition. Let me just... Uh, now I've lost my spot here. Uh, exploration and uh, in uh, development of resource properties, uh, mainly uh, boron, which if you go and look up, a lot of things are using uh, boron. Uh, Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. Go check this company out. Get your people on it. Get the Sherpa on it. AaronVentures.com. Once again, that's AaronVentures.com. Let me just message the uh, lumbies who are standing by. We've got a few minutes before they're coming on here. Um, I had a hockey question. You, You and I were discussing some hockey stuff. Uh, different than what I was going to bring up. But before we get to that, we should also mention that uh, this is that uh, day. I didn't realize it. I always forget it's my birthday, that Bell Let's Talk Day is today. Oh, is it? I think so. But my, my buddy Taggart, our friend uh, from our lady piece, Jeremy Taggart, former drummer. Yeah, he, uh, he's so good. He is really taking the gloves off on Twitter as he tweeted yesterday. Hey, tomorrow's Bell, let's get Bell, get fucked day. <laughs> um, it's a different. I, I, I think they're taking a different tact this year because of all the, you know, kerfuffles around uh, Bell these days.
2: Have you seen the commercials? I have not. They're actors in situations uh, desperate for mental health, um, mental health help. Yeah, they don't land with me. They just don't. Because um, you know they're actors. And uh, it's just, to me, they're weird. I think they were better off the, the way they uh, used to do them. But uh, that's, just, that's just one reporter's opinion. And and take nothing away from the initiative. I think it gets
0: lost sometimes because there's so much hate in the radio, in media Mm -hmm. business uh, surrounding. Not us, of course, because we're only about love. But there's a lot of uh, bad publicity, Lisa Laflamme, a lot of bad publicity around Bell moves and decisions, Bell in general. But we should take nothing away from the initiative of talking about mental health. And I think that sometimes gets lost
2: in some of the anti-Bell sentiment in this country. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yes, you're right. It's, uh, it's just, you know, they, again, their timing has been somewhat weird over the years where they've had big uh, mass layoffs around this time. Yeah. <laughs> just prior to this or just prior to Christmas a couple of times, remember, and it just... You know, it just leads people to that conclusion that isn't at odd that they're involved with that, and they're really contributing to it by being so ruthless with their employees, and that's where that comes from. But you're right, the initiative and the money they raise and goes to a, a good cause, and you can't argue with that. You know, and if Bell, the legacy of this
0: day, again, Bell sentiment aside. It really has opened up conversations that, you know, we've even talked about this with the chamber plan. Workplace insurers now have included counseling, therapy. That service was never part of the company world. You know, even back to when you and I were working for Chorus in the 90s. You know, those kind of things were really not discussed. You know, I've talked about, I've told the story of our boss who, You know, we had such a great experience with, you know, still a little disappointed in, you know, how he covered up for uh, Voldemort. But, you know, he took me aside and was, you know, it was a great gift to me to say, hey, you should go see somebody, (laughs) you know, and that's something you want to talk about having a hard thing to hear. But it's true. You know, it was a great gift. You should go. You should go talk to somebody. He said, we think you should see someone. And I immediately went, I think you're right. I think we should. I think I should go talk to somebody. <laughs> and by the you way, know, Howard, not for the last time. I'm finished.
2: Say that. Say I said, that again. I've said that and not for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was thinking about that yesterday after the show, because, you know, that person you're talking about. I've got to believe knowing him the way we do approached Derringer about the same thing. They approached you, you went for therapy, and you improved rapidly. You know, what? Well, I don't know.
0: your self-aware. No, for sure. Well, I definitely you're...
2: improved, but it took me, you know, it took me some time. Your self-awareness, because through all this, right, that's one thing I've thought, because there was, I, well, you're talking about it. There was maybe some incidences, and some of, the, of your behavior was a little bit different than what you might expect. Let's just be honest. That's why he did it. Yeah. And um, I've thought through the Derringer stuff with that sort of come back on you. But it was significantly different because, number one, I was witness to it. Never, ever did I ever see anything like we've heard described through Derringer. And number two, you know, I was not that I was involved, but I was around at that time when you when we reached that situation where you were going to go for help and you bought in and you improved well we're not 20 years later talking about the same bullshit you know what i mean no exactly and 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 it was interesting too Uh, everything is interesting
0: Uh, we gotta find a new word the final straw that they the thing that finally bubbled it was bubbling under for a while but the big the thing that really Mm -hmm. broke it was the sleeman incident and that was it was because my behavior now was affecting a client at the time, to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars, that I kind of recklessly blew up. Eventually, it came back, but it was pretty. It was pretty significant at the time, and I immediately recognized that that would be best for me. When I, when I, when I, I, you're right. Okay, rapidly. Not disputing that I, I improved, but you know, I, I've gone back a few times for some top ups. Uh, during difficult times you know end of my marriage and and other times in my life where that that sort of talking to somebody has been so valuable and i share it now because the bell thing aside it really does make a difference in when you have someone who is a professional listening to right listening to you
2: But, you know, late 90s, mid-90s Howard was a lot different than early 2000s Howard, present-day Howard. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I know. No, seriously. There's without a doubt. You know what I mean? We're not, you know, with the other guy. I mean, there was incidents (laughs) in 2000 that we witnessed and still incidents in 2018 or 19 or whatever it was. That's not that that's not improvement. No. And again, the same person that recommended it to you, I've got to believe given the type of person he was approached him. And why did nothing ever change or improve? It's it's uh I don't know. Is that a question that will ever be answered? Well, I appreciate your uh, kind thoughts and words
0: and well wishes. And I will say that if that other Howard, if, if mid-90s Howard had not gone and improved, yeah. we, we wouldn't have continued to do the show. We certainly wouldn't be doing this now all these yep. years later because, you know, right. I, you know, it wasn't easy on you either. Um, but anyway, it's Bell Let's Talk Day. And, you know, why not have a conversation about it again? Bell aside, they've really... Uh, You know, made having conversations Like the ones we just had A lot easier for people To have them and not feel weird about it Um, okay Let me, uh, get some, uh, music here Let me, uh, get everyone settled And, uh Oh my god, look at this couple God damn it You want to talk about punching above your weight You know, from the moment I met that woman I thought, oh my goodness Who knows? Who knows? You know, maybe (laughs) that's what you call a handsome couple. That is a handsome couple. But, you know, one part of that couple is certainly, you know, dragging the other one up for sure. Uh, For many years, uh, these two people have been uh, dear friends of ours, especially, you know, part of my social circle. You know, I'm, I'm tired of telling the story about how. You know, when Julia met both of us, you know, it could have gone either way. I could have been sitting there in some villa in France anyway, but I digress. For the last year, I couldn't be prouder of this uh, effort. We talked about it earlier in the show, how most people say I'd like to try a podcast and they get to episode three and go, wow, this sucks. This is way, way harder than we thought it was going to be. I recently celebrated episode 54, I'm going to say. Uh, Please welcome to our program, happy to be uh, hosting once again, Jeff and Julie Lumby. Jeff and Julie, go to France. Global pandemic. There
2: they are, everybody. Yes. they are guys?
5: So nice to see both of you, Fred. It's been a long time. Hi. Happy New Year.
2: Uh, Same to you, Julie. Good to see you. Yes.
0: Julie, you know, Fred's in the uh, Dominican Republic right now, outside of a little town. I know. I was
5: watching. I was watching the last 15 minutes, and I'm wearing the um, Howard and Fred... um,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate technicals. that. Mm. I know it's I, what the Costco readers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Julie, you look great. Lumby, you look great. Well, I saw Lumby a couple days ago, actually, because he Jeff had just, I guess, Julie, you guys had just gone to another French, you know, Sunday long festival, and I was, <laughs> and I woke up that morning, Julie, getting an update from Jeff saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it at ten thirty because I'm still dancing. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, the parties go on for quite some time. It's a different culture completely. They start late, they go late.
4: It's craziness
5: that's just the way it is and you have to get used to it and and they're fun and uh, you know this is jeff it's always oh i don't feel like going it's going to be a long party again oh i don't think we should go and he's the one Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I
5: this is too much fun
0: now you tell your friend when i was there visiting i'm like who is this guy who is the <laughs> dances all day guy because that's not the guy in acton that i remember <laughs>
4: Uh-uh. No. <laughs> hey, before we go any <laughs> further <laughs> I wanted to uh, I wanted to go to your favorite one of your favorite two bakeries wow. Okay, and and w- we got you a oh, wow. birthday cake which we're gonna see the two H's there? Yeah, I see that.
3: Aww, oh, you guys, that's really sweet.
4: Mm-hmm. Look at that Lighten a cake here on a on a Chilly January the 24th for my 63 year old buddy. Thanks, man. Happy birthday, big fella. Joyeux
5: anniversaire, Howard. <laughs> Look, Look at that,
1: that huh? M-
0: merveilleux. <laughs> <laughs> Look at
5: that. bonne santé, et tout ce que tu veux.
0: Merci tout le monde. Um, yeah, that bakery What's- Jeff's talking about, Fred, is just unbelievable. Is that the one where they've had that bakery for like hundreds
4: of years? Yeah, it was the so the, the, Howard. We went to two. There was the red one and the, the black one. <laughs> That's right. This is the black one. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> so that, that
2: little cupcake or whatever, what is the flavor? What is that? Well, I don't know. What? I haven't had. I have. We've. I've
4: never had one. Uh, it looks oh. kind of
5: vanilla. It, it but... looks like it's a, a cheesecakey with a graham crust and a chem, yeah. chem fraiche on top.
4: We'll certainly let you know.
0: Yeah, no, thank That'll you. That'd be really good with a cup of tea. Mm. You know yes. what, Freddie, yeah. Jeff, and I the first morning we went to one of these bakeries. And I love the fact that they're, they're in these two little towns that are close to each other. And when one is open, the other one is closed on certain <laughs> days. That's very, you know, uh, very fair. And I remember the one yes. we went to, Jeff, where the, you could see they were baking and pulling it off. And the, it was the freshest bread you could ever imagine. The kind of bread you can eat without anything on it.
4: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the whole idea here. They don't put anything on their bread. They, they use it maybe for dipping, like cleaning the plate of olive oil or whatever. Right. But uh, they don't like we we like a little butter sometimes on our bread, but they just they just eat it.
5: Yeah. In the restaurants, it's here's your bread. You tear it off. You can't cut it with a knife. That's bad luck. Mm. And you just tear it off and you can't put it on your plate because that's bad luck. You put it on the table and you just have it with your meal. And there's no, yeah. oh, there's no olive oil. There's no butter.
4: Very seldom a bread plate here. It's always just on the table.
2: Wow. Yeah. It, d- Billy sometimes gets annoyed with me when I just grab the bread and rip it off like terrible. Oh, no,
4: that's what you're supposed to that's do. That's
5: what you're supposed to do.
4: Yeah.
2: You're not supposed to yeah. cut it.
4: I mean, they, they cut it to serve it, Fred. Like, they'll, they'll cut mm-hmm. the pieces and then they'll put them in a oh, the bread okay. basket. But at that point, but no, even on a baguette, you're just supposed to... Just tear it
2: off, yeah, the bread's been pretty good here I've noticed too, in Dominican you know when you get to places like this and probably in France you know the the, the mass production what it does to the taste here it's very uh just really flavorful, and we had some uh, again some cakes and sweets last night from a local place were really, really good, just so wholesome and homemade yeah yeah
5: yeah, more artisanal than it is when you're in the, the you know the big Superstores, the big markets. I think that's yeah. when. It, it Well, that's loses
0: what it. I, was, I was. trying to say that too, Julie. That first place that you know, Jeff. You know the one I'm talking about, the one where we had to go to the next town over, and yeah. uh, there was a lineup, and it was, it was artisanal, and that we like we had a croissant, we had some bread, the, the kind of it's so freshly and it's so different, the, it's so not processed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, the people that are have gluten, you know, in, are intolerant. A lot of it comes from the way it's processed here. Well, that and, we've become and, less tolerant of it
4: and mm-hmm. and different different glutens we found. So the, the, uh, I, I think it's more prevalent in, in North America because the wheat is hardier. I guess it has to be because of our climate in Canada. But so there is a difference with the the the. The level of gluten or the kind of gluten that we have in North America versus here? Yeah. Because you just don't see it that often here.
2: Plus, if you get a 12 grain, like at home, there's seeds on top of it, but they're like tasteless. We've got one here. And the seed, right? like I was actually licking my finger and grabbing the seeds mm-hmm. off the and, plate because they seriously had, were a so doll, flavorful. had a doll. What did a doll think yeah. of that? Did she think that was good too, just licking <laughs> oh my, <laughs> seeds she, off the she, table? She had given up. She, she had given up. About <laughs>
0: Um, In the introduction, Julie and Jeff, I uh, was talking about how, and and again, we had spoken about it earlier. We're just thrilled for you guys. And, you know, know, I've said this to you personally, but I want to say to everyone, you know, like when Jeff first proposed this idea and, you know, we've been happy to produce it and have it on our website and promote it on the show. And I see you guys on Facebook, but having actually been there and seen the effort you put into it. It it really is great, and I hate to use I hate when people say they're proud of you, but I'm really happy for you. I hate that because <laughs> oh, it, sounds, that's nice. no, that's it sounds nice because it sounds patronizing. Well, but I'll tell you, we're really ha- really happy for you. And well, I was thank you. we loved I loved doing it. I was sitting there next to the drum set and had a great time. But I want to ask a couple questions. Um, just like a lot of people, when you first started doing it, Jeff and Julie, neither one take this. Did you find about episode three or four? Like, what have we <laughs> what have we bitten off here?
4: Well, uh, I'll, I'll start and then you can you can pick it up if mm-hmm. I miss something. But sure. what, what we re, what I knew was going to happen was the first seven or eight were going to be about getting here and and all of the hurdles that we had to jump over and all of the difficulties that we. But once you've got to that point and, and it was also in all that stuff was in the past, eventually you catch up. The timeline becomes now. And what I knew at that point was that we were then going, the the podcast was going to go 180. It was going to turn from, and, and I mean, we had as much fun as we could with the negative stuff, but it was going to turn into what are we doing here, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a work in process, a, a, in progress. When we first got here, sure, you know, adapting to a new culture, a new country, uh, all of the the new protocol, the new regulations, the new the new traffic protocol. Just keep going, um, keep going. All, all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know,
5: it was it was quite daunting, and at first, it's it can be very overwhelming. We brought three pets with us. three big dogs, you know, getting them, you know, vetted, making them French, all of the all of the processes, it was it was a lot. And I think the impetus for for doing this was we wanted to kind of have a therapy, we wanted to talk about it for ourselves more than anything else, so that we can work through the, the the process and see, you know, where how far we've come. And now, you know, fast forward two years, it's a much better situation, we've adapted, we've acclimatized to, to where we are what the what the rules are what the lifestyle is we've made some really nice we've met some nice people Um, and now we just like sharing our experiences for family for friends and anybody else who cares to share the experiences that we're having
2: you know you're in a very tiny percentile what you did the vast majority of people would not even consider they yeah. might think about it maybe like doing a podcast might think about it but never really get around to it you know like what you did is like just huge and to hear those stories leaves you thinking like wow can i ever do that can i ever make those decisions can i uproot and take everything across it's it's something else
5: well, you know, it really it was okay, we we knew that we wanted to be in Europe because we love Europe. We we chose a location where we could have a you know, a, a, a easy access to Spain, Italy, anywhere we wanted to do it's an hour flight, a, a fast train to Paris. We we you know, all the places that we wanted to discover. Um and and that's one of the reasons that we 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 chose here and we wanted to kind of go through this experience and We wanted to do it before we were too lame.
4: (laughs) Yeah, because uh, first of all, you know, as evidence from you know our stories and and what actually happened to us, and of course the pandemic didn't help. But that's that's not for somebody who's seventy years old. That's just uh, that's not that's not going to happen for some
5: seven year olds, but for the you know the average age, a lot. It's a lot. Um, And I've you
0: know having experienced it firsthand last fall, which was amazing. and, and I just, on, on the heels of having Romanuk on with me last week, Freddie, Paul moved to London, England for 10 years. And I was thinking about you two, similar to what Fred said. A lot of people would like the fantasy of it. But I asked the same thing to Paul. When the reality of living there sets in, now into year three and four, do you, like Paul, I said to him at one point, did you ever miss Canada? And did you think at the time when you lived there, and this is the question now, that you were ever going to come back?
4: Um, I think we have two different answers. Mm. Uh, You go ahead.
5: Uh, It's not out of the question for me to go back to Canada. I've enjoyed this experience. I find it a little bit uh, frustrating at times. uh, And there's some comforts that I miss from the Canadian lifestyle. So I'm not saying I would never go back. Right. Um, Jeff is a new man here. He loves it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's in the cards for you. No, but well,
4: I mean, I mean, yeah. If if we decided uh, as a couple that we wanted to move back, I would move back. But it would be. I, I'm going to tell you right now. It would be reluctantly. It would really be reluctantly. <laughs> you I'm, know, I'm, like- I'm loving it here. I'm loving. This is a new adventure. I, I'm embracing it. I'm trying to learn the French. It's really difficult. Um, if 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 I continue to sort of plateau on the French, like I feel like I'm doing now then maybe I'll be back next month. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, but.
0: Paul, Paul said something similar at the two and three and four year mark. He had they hadn't really thought about coming back. And the only reason he came back at year 10 was because he got offered the job doing play by play for Hockey Night in Canada, like his dream job. But other than that, they were sort of settled in, you know, similar to you, didn't have a lot of ties uh, back here. But but so less about that now, you know, I know getting back to the podcast, which is Jeff and Julie moved to uh, France during a global pandemic, which is amazing. What what have you learned about maybe living in a foreign country? And I know people could go and listen to the podcast, but just for our audience now, give us some of the things, not just the funny things, but it really is different. It's not you're not visitors anymore. You're residents of France.
4: Well, and, and it, the, the difference between our move and Romy's was was. Is language, you know, uh, so for me it's a whole different ball game. It's it'd be much easier to move to England, way easier. Um, but uh, you you could probably take this better than than me.
5: Well, I mean, you know, you have to adapt to um, the different culture. For example, uh, you know, everything, all the the shops close down from twelve till two because it's sacred time for the French. They're having lunch. So you you have to make sure that if you're going to the store to buy some groceries, you you know you, you get there at, at a good time, or if you, you have to get that, put that into the equation just for your normal life. Sunday, forget it; everything is closed in Canada. I know it's twenty four seven, but here you, Sunday you're having you're having your your family lunch. People and, are and, to see their their parents, their and, children, and
4: to that, that's the thing that I've had to. We started off talking about it, which is how long these affairs are. Lunches are minimum four to five hours with when you go visit somebody, and dinners. Well, it's just some of them are still going on. You know, from <laughs> the years, it's, they uh, they really they really like to live. Yeah,
5: and, and like any other country, when you're when you're it's all Ulubi- about. Yep, sorry.
0: Go ahead, Freddie. Now we go have a cool. bit of a delay from uh, from Dominican, but go ahead, fin- G- Julie. You Are finish you guys hearing me? Okay, well, I can hear you, yes, Julie. Yeah. Just finish, and then uh, I was just we'll- going
5: to say, as as a foreigner coming to live in in, in a new country, you have to adapt to, um, you know, the, the documents, the paperwork, the rules and regulations, and every country is going to have a different set of guidelines. So you have to go through that process as a newcomer. And you know, when when you've you're, you've been comfortable in your lifestyle, you've been set in your lifestyle. All of a sudden. being challenged and and having to kind of navigate the system um, is is uh, is a challenge
2: and that you, you describe sort of the culture I mean it's all about priorities right when you describe how long dinners are I mean you know friends family food mean a lot more there than they do here because of the rat race that you know, consumes us. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Sunday shopping. Remember here in Canada it became it was a big issue oh, years yeah. and years ago about should we have Sunday shopping. What would happen if anybody introduced the idea of opening up there on Sundays? It wouldn't it, it, it wouldn't be a would,
4: consideration. I think it would fall flat, Fred, for just that, that exact mm-hmm. reason because it's it's a mass exodus of people milling around going to family to going to houses. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so that they're leaving their homes. They're going to their mom and dads or whatever. It's just, it, it's sacred. That's what they do here. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it would go over well. I, do you?
5: <laughs> no. And we were just in Spain uh, for, uh, you know, a week. And and it's the very same thing in Spain. So I think it's a very European culture. Family comes first. Um, yep. Commerce comes second. Now,
0: you know, Julia, though, and mm-hmm. in Paris, which is a big, big city and w- operates like one, I from what I recall because we were there on a Saturday Sunday and there were still some things open on Sunday but to your point a lot less than there would be in New York or Toronto or Chicago a similar big city yes how have you is there one thing that you guys can point to after 54 episodes and thought okay like that was one of our favorite moments or conversely And I think I know there's a few of these. Some of your less favorite moments. Hashtag hashtag moving day.
4: Yeah, well, uh, you may want to check. We just uh, dropped our 53rd episode, uh, which was our best of. So it's the... Uh, what's what's available right now as our current uh, podcast episode is number fifty three. It's our year in review, and it's an hour and twenty minutes long. And it's it, it includes a little snippet of you <laughs> and Dan and uh, and and but also our favorite moments of uh, the year. And yeah, there there have been some you know there have been some pretty funny moments here. I mean, for me, wiping out at the car wash uh, right in front of the sign. Which I couldn't read at the time. That said, it's fr- it's freezing cold ice and falling right in front of Pay that attention. sign. You Pay know, that's, yeah, that would be my moment.
5: And then thinking that the guy that was talking to you was asking you if the car wash was closed, when really he was asking you if you're okay.
4: No, he wasn't. He was asking if the car wash was closed.
0: He was asking Clearly. if you were closed.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, what. What, what, what surprises
2: me, like, uh, you even suggesting of, about coming back to Canada, the thought must be exhausting hey. because it would be. Yeah. Everything all over again. Right? That's
4: what I'm talking about, Freddie. Exactly. I, you know,
5: I, I'm not suggesting that that's tomorrow. I mean, right now, things are right. great. You know, we're living, we're living, a, 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 it's lovely, and we, we're having a really good time. But, you know, things change in life. So I, I don't rule out that possibility, you know, based on health, based on family, based on yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. If
4: we move back to Canada, Freddie, everything here is for sale. <laughs> everything <laughs> we <hold>. That's right. <laughs> Is for
0: sale. <laughs> yeah, you're not right. going to be moving again. Yeah.
4: Well, hey, buddy, before before we go, I uh, we were just in Spain. I gotta tell you this story. Have you got time or are you yeah, are man. We this is. Uh, we got ahead. a couple more minutes. So uh Julie and I really wanted to well, we were we, we had found out that there was a new train from uh where we were, Malaga to Grenada, which is typically a two and a half, three-hour drive, and now they have a fast train as of last year. So We've always wanted to go to Alhambra, which is a historic site that the Moors built.
5: Yep. Right? Dating back to, I think, the 11th century. 11th century. Love and the thought. Moors.
4: Okay. Love them,
5: love the moors, love Who the moors, love
4: the moors? Who doesn't love the moors? Bloody moors! Uh, so uh, you went, and what, uh, what? What? You made all these arrangements. Yep.
5: So we booked the train. Um, you know, we have got our our access to the palace in Alhambra. Uh, we got on the train at nine twenty five. We're there at ten thirty five.
4: Just it, we 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 booked. It. You have to book this palace. It's that busy, right? So wow. you have to book your your slot. And so then we went for lunch and we started walking up and the walk was just excruciating getting up to this bloody palace.
5: Well, also the signage was brutal, like because I think it was for the cars and not so much for pedestrians. So we went around in oh, circles.
4: Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Finally we get up there. We check in and the guy says, "Oh yeah, the palace is another 15 minutes." Like, you you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> you know him, right? It's
0: like, "Oh, so I'm sure that went over great."
4: Okay, baby. So we okay, great. Thanks. And so we're trudging along <laughs> and we finally get to the opening and it's just around the corner is the palace and we come around the corner and we make a right turn and boom, <laughs> right in front of us is the hotel we stayed at in 2009. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know that?
5: No. Well, you know, it, it
4: totally we forgot. T-
5: Tweet that maybe I know Alhambra, maybe I know <laughs> it, maybe, maybe, but uh, but we drove there. So while we were walking, we there, didn't, yeah,
4: there were no no clues because that time we drove. That's really and, funny. And,
5: and at that time, we didn't go into the palace because it was too touristy, it was busy summer, or don't want to wait. So we stayed at the hotel and we recognized the hotel. And this time we got into the palace, so That's it wasn't bizarre. all lost. But it's it's a bit of a funny, sad story, don't you think?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, man. <laughs> um, I love all your stories and uh, and, and if you haven 't heard the podcast, you should it's uh, and this is a good one to start with Well, I, I go back to one, but if you want to catch up there 's the best of episode. It is episode number fifty three i said fifty four but listen dudes that 's a long commitment it 's a year now, and uh, you 're going to keep it going. Always love catching up with the two of you. Julie, you look great. Happy New Year. Haven't seen you since Thanks uh, again,
5: guys, for hosting our perfect.
0: podcast. Hey, man, and it's our pleasure. And thanks for the yeah. cake.
5: Nice seeing you, Fred. That You're welcome. It's very well, sweet good seeing of you. you
0: guys. Uh, a little, a
5: little.
0: Yeah, and Jeff and Julie's a podcast available where every podcast uh, is uh, sold. And, of course, if you want to go to humbleandfred.com, uh, it's an easy access. Take care, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. 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 In the meantime, Frederick, let's talk a little bit about the retirement of Sherpa.
2: Oh, Tim Niblett, uh, he's a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim, licensed on both sides of the border. He'll drop by tomorrow for his weekly visit and uh, enlighten us with more thoughts on, you know, your retirement years, uh, you know, family um, investing, uh, all those things that you need to do to look ahead to your golden years that howard you know officially is just two years away from from as of today you know that 65 is a big thing although everything's in place for howard right now he doesn't have to worry but again you know everyone's different if you have a portfolio you're not sure it's performing the way it should tim will have a luck of course he will because tim uh, will give you the straight goods tell you whether you're on track or not um and uh if you're not He's there to help. He's the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah, man. This program
0: brought to you uh, by GoDaddy, as Dan said, off the top of the show, uh, serving entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where you go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. Their uh, service is free. It's friendly and it's 24-7. That means around the clock. If you need to talk to somebody, you can do it. Uh, You can also start your website for free. Did you hear what I say? No money, man. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I say to you, visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I uh, was thinking about you and I, uh, our age and... uh, all that stuff today before the show. Well, two things. I was having a bit of a Buffalo Bills team. I know you're going to relate to this. I like a team loss hangover, you know? I was thinking about that. Wow, I, You know that kind of thing where you're like a bit bummed? I was. Yes. And here's what it was, because mm-hmm. I was starting to think about, okay, I'm going to Mexico. And then I went, okay, but someday I was going to watch that game. Mm -hmm. and now i might watch the kansas city cincinnati game because at least i know enough of the players to make it interesting but i sort of thinking a little bit of that oh that sucks i could have been watching the bills and how cool that would have been in some bar and hanging out with my buddies and and so i get it yeah and i I know i thought oh this this is what fred goes through every
2: goddamn year yeah with the leafs and the blue jays this year um I got I, the same thing. I mean, coming down here, I thought that's cool If the, you know, I'll be able to, uh, every Sunday, look forward to being down here and it may be in a different setting in the game, but that's all gone. Now, Cracked yeah. out, gone. Mm-hmm. It is all gone. Um,
0: and, and, and what I'm uh, going to say, how I relate it to hockey, because I, I was thinking about you and hockey. Like, you know, as, as limited, I, as, as little I care about the Leafs, I do care. I'm, I like watching them go in that first round. I find it interesting to see them struggle to get through the first round. And if they get to the second round, I'll watch the second round. And I thought, thinking mm-hmm. about that, like this is poor, poor Freddie has to go through this kind of feeling of whatever, sort of a team loss hangover. And then I thought, well, you know, I often talk about my favorite hockey player. It's, you know, even the Trump stuff aside, I've loved Bobby Orr since I can remember. Right. And I thought, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe you've told me, but I don't know who your favorite hockey player was. Growing up? and and, and, Well, even, yeah, just sort of in general, I guess for for me, it's like Bobby Orr hasn't played since the mid-70s, but he was my favorite player as a kid.
2: Yeah, that, you know, and you were a Bruins fan,
0: so to speak, right? Oh, yeah, no, I was a complete Bruins fan.
2: So, your team...
0: Dude, your mic is, is, keeps shutting down. Yeah, like, I, don't, yeah is, I don't know what to say. Is that I the don't... connection? Is it the connection we're having? It, it can't be the connection, because I can still see you. Yeah, well, I don't know, Howard. Okay.
2: Nothing has changed, so... Um, but we'll fix this for tomorrow. Um... Well, my team never had a superstar. Just think about that. Until Austin Matthews, my team, as long as I followed them, never, ever had a superstar. Can't name one. They had stars, but not superstars. So, you know, you love the Boston Bruins. Bobby Orr was a superstar. Yeah. So you had that. Um So, you know, when I was a kid, I liked Dickie Duff, played for the Leafs, and then, you know, Daryl Sittler, and I loved Wendell, and then Dougie Gilmore came along. They were favorite players, but there's not one person I can sort of look back on and go, that's the guy, because there was, the Leafs never had one. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I've heard you mention Dickie Mm -hmm. Duff before. That
0: is an interesting point, that, you know, Boston was full of superstars. In that era, I mean, Phil Esposito was scoring 77 goals, and, their goalie was one of my favorite goalies, uh, Jerry Cheever's, Bobby Orr. Obviously, I've read Bobby Orr books. I knew that I knew that Bobby Orr played for the Oshawa Generals before I could tell you where Oshawa was. I'm sorry. Was it the 67s? No, no, Oshawa Generals. So, it was the Generals. So, I knew all of that, but okay, so if you you're right, the Leafs even in the the you know, the the great days of the 60s when they were winning Stanley Cups. There wasn't one standout player. They had a lot of good players. So over your over your grown up life, who has been one of your favorites?
2: Like I know you like Dougie G. Uh, yeah, Doug Gilmore would be the last Maple Leaf that I really super admired. I mean, Matt Sundeen. You know, he was never a superstar. He was an NHL star. Some might argue, I don't know, superstar that term. But again, I never was that yeah, I wasn't the same way about him as I was uh, previous uh, Leaf captains. So, no, I am i don't have that. And, I you know, I wish I did. You know, Pittsburgh fans have Sidney Crosby and mm-hmm. on and on and on. Um, players like that. Even Gretzky. You know, when Gretzky played, I admired Gretzky, but I didn't like him because every time he came to Toronto, he embarrassed <laughs> the Leafs. That's right. Yeah, it's too bad.
0: I mean, I think in my time here... You know, I know you like Doug Gilmore. I did, too. I admired Darcy Tucker. One of my uh, enjoyed his work on the Leafs. I liked uh, mm-hmm. there were a few others. Uh, Felix Potvin was a standout player during my time here. I could name a few others that I thought were, you know, but you're right. Not well. Was Curtis Joseph not a superstar?
2: Um, not a superstar. No good, solid goaltender. And you got to remember all these teams we're talking about without superstars. Never, ever can answer the call. Again, the Leafs in 67, forget they haven't won a Stanley Cup. They haven't even been to a Stanley Cup final. So the handful of times, the six, seven, eight times, whatever, that the Leafs had the opportunity to even just get to a final, they always crapped out in a game seven or a game six. Mm-hmm. They just were never there. And it's going to be the same thing this year. I'm sorry, but this team can't win the Stanley Cup. And the way that the playoffs are... Are designed. they're going to play, it looks like, Tampa Bay again. And I know what's going to happen. Tampa Bay at the trade deadline is going to make a couple of trades, and it'll be too much for the Leafs to handle. I can see it now. Wow. That's too bad. I mean, considering it's only January,
0: uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Because I was kind of looking forward to that first week in April, whenever that playoffs are.
2: Um, but there was another hockey no, this team. No, it's just this team, they're missing something and maybe they'll get it between now and the trade deadline, but there's just something missing to make them legit in my estimation.
0: There was another hockey story that I was only somewhat aware of. I knew the names and I knew the circumstances and I want you to describe this because it's another, you know, another interesting phenomenon of modern social media life. But the, uh, what, what is the team again? What are we talking about? Ivan Poporov? Yeah, uh, Poporov. Uh, and what team um, does he play for? Uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Right. I, I thought this was an interesting story. And when you brought it up in the pre-show meeting, I'm like, oh, yeah. I was sort of aware of that, but I'm, I'm interested in uh, the description of it.
2: Well, you know, the NHL... You know, inclusiveness, part of their campaign to display inclusiveness and encourage it. Um, On any given night, they'll wear, like, pride. For their warm-up jerseys, they'll wear pride jerseys, you know, with the rainbows, whatever, different colors. I mean, I think all the teams do it um, pretty much. I know the Leafs have done it. Well, uh, Philadelphia Flyers did it the other night, and one of their players, uh, a Russian Ivan Poprov, um, refused to uh, wear it. He's uh, Russian Orthodox, and uh, homosexuality is uh, against his religion. <laughs> it's 2023. Yeah, great. And um, Fucking idiot. so what he did, rather than wear the sweater, he just skipped the warm-up. And uh, he did it with uh, the blessing of um, the coach, John Totorella and it became a thing obviously and mm-hmm. when uh, they interviewed him about it later i mean it was short and sweet he just said i don't really want to talk about it other than uh, my religion uh does not allow did not or would not allow for me to do that tonight and then as you can imagine um there was quite a reaction to it yeah Um, that whole leaning on my religion
0: thing is getting so tiresome, but I I don't have the energy to start yelling about religion other than to say it's too bad. But you know, I, I can sort of say like, okay, if this guy, if he, if he's not into it, then fine,
2: I guess, you know, what the question I would raise, like, does the NHL or these do they really need to even do that? Well, I mean,
0: you look at the back of the uh I, I, in a way, yes, I would say. I think there's nothing wrong with them doing it. The way on on the back of the bills helmets, you know, they've got messages choose love, mm-hmm. equality. I mean, if right. if and that's kind of what it's a similar thing. They're saying, "Hey, let's be inclusive." Do they have to do it? Probably not. But does it because really we're only talking about one guy and some stupid fantasy thing he believes in
2: not doing it. I know. But to be honest, that from time to time, I think that like these leagues are doing these things. Do they really need to do them? Because it could lead to these situations you know say what you want about religion it's personal for everyone just do you really need to bring that into a pregame warm-up for what reason because often you get the impression it's just sort of lip service it's a little disingenuous they're just doing it because it's the thing to do and again listen if i was a player i'd throw on that shirt i go yeah let's do it but that's me my question is they really yeah, yeah, but, need to go there. Okay,
0: but for the sake of one guy, he's, you know, for the sake of one person dissenting. Um, right. But, but let's just pause this discussion because uh, Edmonton Steve is standing by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found the story interesting. And and again, it's, you know, I could go in. If I had more energy, I'd talk about how ludicrous that is, how there really is nothing against homosexuality in the Bible. There's a million things in the Bible that you could tell this guy. Oh, so it's, are you going to be sacrificing your second daughter because you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't follow all the rules of the Bible just that they pick and choose the ones. Anyway.
2: But, but, but Just one last note on it. I mean, really, when you look at the resolution, whether you agree with him or not, it was, you know, what we should all get. It's your choice What are you going to do It's your choice It's the way you feel And he chose to do that Do we respect that I think he's foolish For doing it I don't understand why But at the At the very least You got to respect His choice Absolutely Okay I'll give you that But it's a dumb
0: choice uh, Based on a dumb fantasy I agree Uh, For many years In the Glassman uh, household My mother and father And my brothers David and Stephen And I we all just smoked cigarettes. It was just like the family business, man. There, I think there was a time before one of us quit where all five of us, while we were all still alive, all of us smoked cigarettes. And then uh, the older people died, so they stopped smoking. <laughs> That's the only, the only way my parents stopped smoking was to die. And, uh, and then uh, my older brother quit. He's probably quit the longest. And then I, I did. And then my boy, uh, Steven here, Edmonton Steve, finally relented about four years ago. And true. Uh, and, I, um, I,
3: I quit four years ago. I quit smoking four years ago, but I quit uh, chewing nicotine gum four weeks ago. Okay.
0: So let's just pause before I switch. so here's Edmonton Steve. He's got a quick hit here. He's, he's got to go babysit the grandkids. Um, I, it's funny. I hung out with you at David's uh, birthday thing in June in Calgary. And I was surprised at the time when you told me how much Nicorette gum you were chewing. Why don't you explain to people what you were up to?
3: Um, I, chew about, I chewed about t- 10 uh, pieces of gum a day. And I was trying to work it out over a year. I, it cost me about 1000 bucks a year for the gum. And I'd buy it, you know, you, you know, again, it's there's all there's different types of nicotine gum. It's not just Nicorette's. There's Thrive. There's about four or five different brands. And and when I quit smoking and I decided I would I would I actually I tried the patch. I didn't like the patch. It made me feel weird. But the gum was good. I love the gum. And so I quit smoking and I, I started chewing the gum. And I just never thought that I would continue to to uh, to chew the gum. And uh so I didn't worry about getting off of the gum and then I just kept chewing it and chewing it and then I started meeting people like I met a guy who chewed gum for 15 years. Wow. And uh I, and what I realized I looked at the different um warnings on the gums and they they never quite say, you know, you, you know, you're going to have a hard time getting off of nicotine by chew- uh, uh, when you're chewing the gum. They don't they don't make a point of that. And uh, so, like I say, it's been four years, and I just decided four weeks ago that I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop, and I did.
2: So you crave the gum like you do a cigarette, but yep. you ob- obviously yep. you don't have the smoke. That's no, the upside. Of-
3: Exactly. I mean, and everybody says, oh, it's much better to be on the gum. And fair enough. It's, it is better. I mean, you're not, there's no combustion. The smoke's not in your lungs. Um, And I don't, it's interesting because I don't, uh, since I quit smoking, I haven't had one single cigarette in four years. Um, I don't even, I was telling Howard the other day, I don't even roll uh, tobacco in with a joint. Like Mm -hmm. I don't touch tobacco, period. Um, But the gum, you know, I, I loved it.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. We had this conversation. You know, a lot of people in January tried to quit smoking. And, you know, smoking numbers in Canada, I think for the first time in history, have dipped below 20%. But it's just below. So 18 or 19%. There's still a number of people listening have either tried to quit smoking or are in the middle of a quit. And, and then I thought that was interesting, too, that we said, Stevie, about like Nicorette or any of those gums, they're not in the, they say they're in the smoking cessation business, but what they're really in is the Nicorette or their nicotine gum business. So yes, even though their programs say that you can use this at a 12-week way to quit smoking or get off, uh, you know, cigarettes, but in actual fact, as you've told me, that's what surprised me is that there are lots of people years, yeah. years later, chewing 10 gums a day, Freddie, because they're no longer addicted to cigarettes, fine, but they are addicted to nicotine. And as I said to Stephen, the last thing I'll tell you is I said, it's like if you were an alcoholic and what I used to get off alcohol was alcohol gum. Yeah. I'm still getting the drug that I'm addicted to. It's ludicrous.
2: Yes, but it's good not to have that smoke going in your lungs. But what's bad about nicotine?
3: So you know, that's the question. That's that's the yeah, big question. I mean, it can't be good for your body. It's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, and uh, and it's funny because uh, I, you know, I've been in touch with I was in touch with the Nicorette's company. <laughs> of course, and, you were. Uh, I, honestly, I mean, there's no doubt I abused uh the rules uh as they as they put them in like, there's about 5 mm-hmm. pages of rules and i know I, I i abused them i know i didn't i didn't do it properly but like i said i just kept realizing i liked the gum and i kept liking the gum and I, I just didn't, I wasn't prepared to think that I, I thought I was over the worst bit. I was, I was over, I, I was no longer smoking cigarettes. So I wasn't too worried about chewing the gum yeah. until it got to be year two. And I thought, <laughs> Holy cow. Well, that's what surprised still you chewing the
0: gum. That's what surprised me. And, so, and, and, and I'm sorry, quickly, Fred, to answer your question, it's a poison drug. In fact, you know, here's the thing in um in in their literature they they say uh gum blood lozenges may contain enough nicotine to cause problems if the gum or lozenges are swallowed contact your doctor or poison control center yeah so it's it can't be great for you
3: you know and also i i I tried to actually the other thing i tried to do was i i was chewing the gum and then i thought well get off the gum then i started then i tried the lozenges and did that for a couple months i preferred the gum went back to the gum
0: I'm sorry, Freddie. What you're going to say? We have a little bit of a well, stagger does the here. Gum,
2: does, the gu- does the gum taste good?
3: Uh, you know what? It's not about the taste, and and this is what I realized early on. But does it on. taste I mean, good? It tastes okay, okay, but I don't care about the taste. Like, I, I, I bought the cheapest. Actually, I started buying the cheapest kind of gum I could because <laughs> it wasn't about the, about the taste at all. It was like as soon as I put the gum in my mouth and I got the, the hit of nicotine, I was happy.
0: Sure. I mean, you could take the gum or you could
2: just go around licking ashtrays and get a little bit of a buzz. <laughs> That's right. And it, it wasn't like double bubble losing its flavor like in uh, 15 you know, minutes or 10 minutes. Too bad they don't whatever. make like a thrills nicotine gum. I would drink I would do that. <laughs> fucking love that.
3: <laughs> you um, know, they yeah. say you're supposed to put it under your lip after chewing it three or four times. I never did that. I just, I just chewed it. And then the problem with chewing gum is that, you know, when you're, when you're at work, um, you just have to be careful because it's not appealing to always have gum in your mouth. Right. You know? And so what I would do is I would chew it. and I was in, If I was in a conference call like, like this or whatever, I would just get rid of it. And, that, and that's another thing, you know, get rid of it. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, start a new piece of gum so i mean one piece of gum could last an hour but you just you just wouldn't you wouldn't chew it for that long because you're doing other things i uh. mean you're eating supper you can't be chewing the gum well
0: uh i thought it was interesting because i know a lot of people use that stuff to get to get off the patches and the gums and the lozenges and there's a spray you can buy but yeah. all of them freddie are just ways of getting their nicotine delivery systems and that's what well, cigarettes yeah. are
2: they're just to deliver nicotine yeah, what about, um, like, I know guys that chew tobacco um, can get lip cancer in that. Could could the gum create cancer in one's mouth?
3: I, I ne- I've i never heard of that. Okay. I don't know. Well, that's good. I, I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope it doesn't, yeah. you know.
0: Well, the funny thing is, like, I think it's great that you're off smoking because all those other, a lot of the carcinogens, yeah, I said, Carson, whatever Carson is into into a lot of that stuff is what gives you the cancer. The nicotine is bad for you, but the delivery system of cigarettes is a poor. That's why, you know, I've said this and it sounds crazy, but if I was still a smoker, I'd be vaping it because you're yeah. not getting as much of the harmful effects. Plus, you can do it everywhere. But uh, I was surprised when you told me that in the spring that you've been chewing gum gum that long um i we, i know you got to go with the grandbabies uh i'm
3: okay for now do
0: you, well but we have to wrap up because we've got a couple things as well um so when on this day in 1960 where were you uh during my birth
3: i i'm pretty sure i couldn't have cared less <laughs> I mean, you know as an older brother and, and pretty
0: much nothing has changed <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm.
3: I I was just thinking, you know, I was four.
0: Yeah.
3: So it must have been exciting. You know, it's like back in those days, if you remember, uh, men didn't go into the delivery room. So I can tell you that dad found out that you were born by somebody calling the store and he probably paused between, you know, uh, measuring a a pair of pants. That's funny. (laughs) You know, but I honestly, I don't remember uh, much at all. I remember, remember you as a baby. Um, and, um, but no, I don't remember the, no, that day. What? Although I do know that on this day, uh, you know, Neil Diamond was born and Frederick the Great was born and a few other people. Look but,
0: at you but, doing yeah, your sorry. research. Uh, I know. Well, thank you, Edmonton, Steve. Appreciate that. Oh, if you go to the I, I want just... to tell you
3: one more thing. I was at a gathering for a friend of mine who passed away and I was at this event. Somebody came up to me and says, how's your brother? I've been listening to the show. And I'm thinking somebody oh. in Edmonton outside of me listens to the show. There you go. How do
0: you like that? We always have That's time it. for that. Anytime, okay. you wanna, anytime you want to stroke us, we always have time for that. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you for bringing this nicotine story to okay. our attention.
3: Take care, you guys.
0: Okay, see you, Steve. Great to see you, buddy. See? Great, great to see you. See? God damn it. Do
3: you like my mic? I got my mic? Yeah,
0: he's got okay. a new mic and everything. Beautiful. All yep. right.
3: Okay, take care, you guys. I wish Fred's
0: mic was working better. Did you know that... Um, I'll no, we'll say this story for tomorrow. There's a great story for uh, you and I because we both like subtitles on our movies now. But apparently, we're not alone. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I'm going to rewatch uh, Dan, who's uh, been staying here for a few months. I I always forget. We were reminded last night because we were watching this documentary on Abbey Road on Disney, and I think I'm going to rewatch. Um, the Beatles documentary. I'm not all of it, but I might go pop in and see a couple of episodes of it.
2: Yeah, I thought about doing that as well. Yeah, because it's over a year ago, and I watched it in pieces. And uh, yeah, and anything like that, right? You'll notice stuff on the second uh, run that you wouldn't on the first. Yeah, that's a that's an idea, Howard. And speaking of
0: uh, stuff that we both enjoyed. Uh, I uh, found out from Lumbee, because, I, you know, Jeff and I usually talk every couple of Sundays. We'll have a little coffee together. And so he, I was talking about some shows that I had been watching recently, and I found out that he had Paramount, Paramount Plus or whatever it's called. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I've had it for a while. I go, Freddie and I, <laughs> we binge watched The Offer. 10 episodes in 24 hours. He's like, what is it? I've never heard of it. And and oh. so now he sent me a you note know, this morning before the show. He goes, love the offer. We've been watching it. Mm-hmm. I knew they would. I knew yep. he'd love it. Yeah.
2: No, my uh, buddy Doug, who I'm down here with, I put it on for him too. He loved it. He watched five episodes the other night, back to back to back to back. Well, it's hard not to. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: tomorrow, another duo, uh, Darren Frost, Lisa Baker will be with us, both comedians that we've had on before. Lisa is the... Well, she's from uh, the Maritimes, lives in Edmonton, so they'll join us. Uh, we really need to carve out some time at the beginning of the show to get a few of these emails. I don't want to say out of the yes. way, but we definitely, because Thursday is going to be, there's going to be too many. So we got, uh, we'll do a few of them tomorrow. As always, if you want to get them in, uh, we will
2: read the bulk of them on Thursday. Although some of them could be, that are a couple of paragraphs, can be. Summed up in a line or two Acknowledging thank you very much For this And uh, just sort of I agree I thought the same thing I thought there was a couple really long ones
0: That we should just edit the whole thing And just go hey thanks for the (laughs) Thanks for the the
2: short story But not to be You know hey not to be cruel No, No no But that's just the reality I think we've made it clear over the past few years That we're not into You know bulky length <laughs>
0: keep that's it right. short we uh we don't it's mostly about attention span we get past the par- second paragraph we just get we get glossy eyed uh okay so uh thanks again to everyone and All I appreciate all the well wishes uh for my birthday and that's very nice uh one and all okay and we'll see you no that's not what I want to do sorry I went to the wrong screen It's a lot of stuff going on here here we go Let me hit that one, and uh, there we go. That's the right one.
1: This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit godaddy.ca to learn more. We read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does telling your friends and getting them to listen to this show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, even though it's exhausting. You're still alive, so enjoy every gory damn day.
3: There's a destination a little up the road From the habitations and the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get-fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts
2: Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans or just clap your hands Or just
3: clap your hands Where's that?